Hello and welcome to another live broadcast from the Ottawa Business Journal. I'm Michael Curran. Today's topic is how to include people with disabilities in your workplace. Most employers today recognize the need to transform their workplaces. They're pursuing diversity, equity, and inclusion goals. But here's the thing. Have you stopped to consider whether your DEI strategy includes people with disabilities? Let's take a look at a short video. Here it is. The, the reason that I wanted to work for OSEG, I studied uh, recreation and leisure services. I wanted to work in a sports environment. TD Place was the most accessible place that I was able to see for myself that was quite accessible. And also people were quite um, welcoming for me to come and apply so PPRC provided uh, some services to OSEG in terms of consultation with respect to accommodations uh, in the workplace, uh, in terms of capacities uh, and limitations, uh, and we were able to engage in a dialogue with them to see if uh, Francis would need any kind of on-the-job supports. And that's one of the first things that we do when we have a candidate who is hired by an employer. We really want to try and set up the candidate and the employer for the best outcome possible. There's just so many things that make Francis such a great employee. He's always willing to help. He's always willing to go the extra mile. He's so knowledgeable of our building and what goes on inside during an event day from football to hockey to soccer and concerts. He's always such a positive presence. He always has a smile and that not only rubs off on our staff here at TD Place, but also the guests that come into our building. And he really starts off their experience here with a smile. Thank you to Francis Menard, who was just uh, featured in that video. I think it sets up today's show perfectly. Today, we speak with someone who has almost three decades of experience integrating people with disabilities into local workplaces. She'll share her insights and educate us on this important issue. She leads a business called Performance Plus Rehabilitative Care, Inc. We will call it PPRC for short because it's too much of a mouthful otherwise. Uh, let's welcome her now. Here is Linda Simpson. Hello, Linda. Good, good afternoon, everyone. And thanks so much, Mike, uh, for hosting this today. I look forward to uh, connecting with everyone. And uh, I am a Canadian Certified Rehabilitation Counselor, and I'm also the um, Director of Rehabilitation Services and the founder of Performance Plus Rehabilitative Care. And we've been in business since 1994. So we certainly understand business needs and the trials and tribulations that everyone experiences, and especially in this COVID-19 environment. Yeah, you've been you've been part of this uh, for a long time, uh, Linda, and, and that's what we're excited to have you here, bring all that experience to the table. Um, Linda, today's uh, broadcast is timed for a very specific reason. Uh, tell us why we're doing this today. Well, today uh, is the eve of the International Day for Persons with Disabilities, and we're really excited because this year's theme really is about leadership and participation of persons with disabilities and um, really towards a more inclusive, accessible and sustainable post-COVID-19. So this is, you know, a very exciting day tomorrow and we're looking forward to having you celebrate that. Absolutely, yeah. I think we're all joining in those celebrations by being part of uh, today. So listen, we've got a jam-packed show over the next 30 minutes. We've actually divided things up into uh, five different parts. We'll bring them on screen here. So part one, we're gonna talk about the business case for hiring people with disabilities. Next, we're going to talk about uh, the etiquette of dealing with people with disabilities. That's an interesting one uh, to me, Linda. 
local examples of lo of uh, of inclusive hiring, uh, specifically with people with disabilities, of course. Tips on integrating people with disabilities, and we're going to end up uh, with a Q and A. And on that note, I'll just remind everyone that's tuning in live today, there is an opportunity to ask questions based on the uh, social media platform. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to be logged in. You can ask your question and we'll be looking at those sometime in about uh, 20, 25 minutes. So Linda, let's uh, jump right in. Uh, so part one, as uh, we just indicated, is the business case of hiring with people with disabilities. In, in preparation for today's um, uh, broadcast, Linda, you you really left me with one point, and there's lots of societal reasons for for integrating people with disabilities, but you also believe there's a really strong business case. So let's hear about that. Yeah, so I'd just like to mention that, um, you know, in today's environment, we know, according to Deloitte, that 33% uh, of businesses are experiencing, you know, the labor shortage, and 80% are obviously worrying about COVID-19, and we have another 77% 77 uh, people in the workplace who need more inter uh, interventions in terms of health, uh, mental health services. So we know that disability is really touching the workplace more than ever before. And this is a perfect time really for organizations and businesses to think about, you know, their agenda for disability inclusion in the workplace, and also to make a commitment across their organizations. And you really need to support your staff so they understand what disability, what inclusion really is in, in the workplace. And I mean, this goes, you know, across various different disability types and different, you know, diversity groups as well. And so we know that if you're familiar and you're educated, then you're going to feel more comfortable and we can help to remove the fears. And what I'd just like to mention is that Performance Plus Rehabilitative Care does offer dis um, disability awareness and etiquette training. And we find that when we offer this to teams, we, the people understand and, and employers want their team members to understand the business case for hiring people with disabilities because it's very, very impactful. So 1.3 billion people across the world self-identifies having a disability. So when you include all of their family members and their friends, this is a this touches a broad group of uh, in the marketplace. So this to me is is you know the most important thing that we need to keep in mind. And even myself, I said that to myself a few years ago when I listened to the economist Rich Donovan speak on the return on uh, investment on disability. Is that we need to to take that into consideration. So you need to understand really uh, how to access the talent pool and. Uh, and, and, you know, we can help you do that because it's, it's important that you do that, not only recruit people within your organization, but also understand your customers so that you can develop, you know, a better brand for yourself. And, um, you know, we've developed a framework for disability inclusion here at PPRC because we've been supporting employers year after year. We get excellent feedback uh, from our employer partners. And, you know, this is what really makes it work. It's all about that community collaboration. And we also collaborate with other community partners. So we can help you to review your recruiting practices and your hiring practices so that we can ensure, and or you can ensure actually that they're more inclusive at the end of the day. And uh, we wanna be able to help you, you know, maybe, um, maybe refine your strategies as well. So you may have some strategies in place, but you know, just like every organization and every business, we can always improve upon them to be better. And you know, there are changing environments out there. So we know that we do need to be more aware of, of being more inclusive, especially when it comes to employment. Yeah, I, so, I like that we've started with a business case, Linda, and you said there's you know economic research to to um, uh, to support this. 
Um, also, I, you know, I think when you're talking about the labor shortage and that, that is something quite literally we're hearing, you know, every day. And we need to acknowledge that people with disabilities can be part of that uh, that solution. So I love that we're talking about starting with the business case. We've got a business audience here today, and and uh, that can be foremost in their minds. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, uh, the etiquette and. And when we when you first suggested the subject, I was like, oh, I'm not sure. Why do we have to talk about etiquette? But you really did convince me that sometimes when we're around people with disabilities, we feel awkward. We're not sure what to do. Um, so certainly part of integrating uh, people with disabilities into our workplaces needs to kind of bring down, help us relax, help us uh, make sure we're, we're dealing with them with respect and in a proper way. So tell us about some of the, why, maybe why etiquette is important and then some of the tips around that. Well, I think um, the reason why etiquette is so important is that it creates, you know, that understanding and, and awareness, and it helps you to remove the fears because in most situations, employers are reluctant to bring on a person with a dis who self-identifies as having a disability because they really, they don't know what to do. So I think, uh, you know, I always use this example that it's okay to say to, you know, we have a colleague who's a wheelchair user and it's okay for me to say, hey, let's walk across the street and grab a coffee. You know, those are, you know, th that's okay. So d don't worry about, you know, making a mistake you're going to learn from those mistakes. And, you know, we're all making mistakes every day, right? <laughs> and um, I wanted to give an example of uh, maybe of, of this worker who uses a mobility device. So, you know, it's important to be respectful and that mobility device makes up part of that person. So we don't want you to touch the device if they're using, it, you know, um, a wheelchair, you know, they, they want to be independent. So let them navigate, uh, you know, their way into the room on their own. If they need assistance, if you see that they're struggling, you can ask them if they need assistance and you can offer assistance and they'll let you know. And um, so, you know, we also have job seekers. So if you have a job seeker, for example, with vision loss, who's coming to your workplace for an interview, they might have a white cane or they might be have be using uh, a guide dog. So, you know, it's really more appropriate not to touch the, it's not appropriate actually to touch the guide dog. The guide dog is, is, a, is in harness right now and it's working and it's actually there to guide and ensure that that person's gonna be safe. When the person arrives to the interview, as an example, you can ask them, you know, if you could, if you could offer your arm to guide them to the interview room, you can describe the interview. Uh, you can describe the um, the route to the interview room. So, you know, we're walking down a long corridor. We're soon going to turn right into the room. So the person is prepared. And then we've arrived to the interview room. And we have three people who are sitting here who I'm going to introduce to you. Right. And then shortly thereafter, if someone leaves the room, let the person know that the person who has left the room so that they're always informed. And you would also point to the chair where they would be seated and then let them know when the meeting has ended and then guide them back out. And so that's one example, uh, you know, of a reason why etiquette is so important. So we can go into more detail about that in a presentation. And then yeah. let's say we have someone with a hearing loss who's coming to a meeting. Well, it's very important that, you know, some individuals with hearing loss, and we all experience that, many of us, you know, can obviously admit to that. Uh, so we start to lose that hearing when we turn 40. So um, it's important that, you know, you face the person that you're speaking with so they can read your lips, that you don't cover your mouth, uh, so that it, it's just simpler and they can understand what you're saying. And uh, it's to me very important that if someone's coming in with an interpreter, 
And in some situations that might be the case where the person is deaf and they do require an interpreter, you're going to speak to the person and not the interpreter. So the interpreter will position themselves in a room so that the job seeker will be able to see them as they're doing you know, the signing. And then you will obviously be able to interact with the job seeker and ask the questions. So really make sure that you're always speaking to the job seeker, the person with a disability and not their attendant or an interpreter when they're present. And I'll give you another example of a worker who's coming in. Oftentimes we see this, uh, you know, where people are required to do pre-employment tests and they may need, um, they may need uh, a reader. So our suggestion is if it's a person with a learning disability and they've identified that a reader is important for them to do the test, then they can still answer the questions verbally and, you know, the, and put the answers in. But the reader who they feel comfortable with is, is probably the best person to select. And, and really, it's just so that they could be at ease and they can perform at their best. So that's just really a few examples of things. Yeah. And, and all examples, quite interesting, Linda, too, that um, uh, examples of how we help bring them into organizations in a recruitment process and an interview process and, and all of that. You know, one of the things I took away that was really, you know, it's very common sense, but very insightful too, Linda, is, is simply that if you're not sure, ask the person, right? Just exactly. don't don't make assumptions, ask them. They'll provide us with some guidance, right? About uh, how they might need help or whether they don't need help. Don't, don't make those assumptions. And that is indeed the best practice, Michael. Okay, that's good. Uh, listen, we're we're off to a great start here, and uh, you know, one of the things we want to talk about next is local examples of inclusive hiring. So, you know, this isn't something uh, that you're dealing with, Linda, in your business on a theoretical basis. You're placing people in businesses, and I think that's kind of really cool because a lot of people are dealing at this with a conceptual. Uh, level and you're you're dealing with the very practical stuff. Just before we play a video, I want to remind people, and we are to get one question already, but uh, we're uh, we're stockpiling them till the end. I want to encourage people to ask questions. You've got you know one of Ottawa's, Ottawa's top experts on this subject, so let's make sure uh, you're getting your questions out. So again, Lindette, we're going to take a look at a short video. This is a local example of inclusive hiring. Let's play that video. When I learned about Performance Plus, I immediately supported it for a number of reasons. They're very professional. The new employee is accompanied by a coach for the introduction phase. The initial wages are subsidized. And it gave us an opportunity to perhaps make a positive impact on somebody's life. Working with Performance Plus has helped us find hardworking, loyal employees. The results are very rewarding. It's been a pleasure witnessing Joseph's personal development over the last couple of years. And as a business, we've gained a valuable and loyal member of our team. So uh, to me, Linda, this is, you know, one of the great parts of today's show. Um, you're going to give us some, we just saw, by the way, an example there that was Liam McGuire's uh, Irish pub. Earlier, we saw Ottawa Sports and uh, Entertainment Group slash TD Place. So two really uh, great examples, but give us some other ones, Linda, about the type of uh, work you're doing with companies to integrate people with disabilities. So I'll give you an example of a situation where we had someone who was um, who was deaf, who we placed with the Holiday Inn. So, you know, the manager at the Holiday Inn, when we approached them for this particular person's uh, opportunity with them to place them directly, um, was sort of, you know, a little confused at the beginning going, well, I really don't know how to 
to do this onboarding process, right? So what we did is we actually went in and did some disability awareness and etiquette with their management team and uh, gave them some strategies around how to deal with this individual, how to work best with the person with a disability. And uh, they were excellent. They, um, they just thought that this person was wonderful. The workers were wonderful. The workers were demonstrating how to do the job. Uh, this was a, a great success. And that particular individual who belongs to a deaf community had a friend. And that particular friend actually ended up getting a job there through that network. So they hired a second person. So obviously, you know, it was a great success. And the employer, you know, basically said, I can't believe that, you know, I never really thought about this talent pool before. So this was really rewarding for them. That's that's excellent. And, and I think we're going to take a look at a couple more examples. Um, just as, as we do, though, uh, before you outline those, uh, I love the fact that the Holiday Inn was uh, hadn't thought about this and they integrated something successfully. Is there something that happens to the culture of an organization when you feel we're a little bit more inclusive and, and perhaps bring people into the workforce, uh, such as people with disabilities, Linda? Well, we find that people are more engaged, obviously, you know, they, they want, they are more welcoming and, and want people to feel a sense of belonging. And we find that they collaborate with one another, and they, they're very good at supporting each other. And they realize that, that yes, they have to be sensitive about the language they use and, and you know, about, about the respect within the workplace. So it elevates the bar overall, and it does increase productivity. Because most people with disabilities are very hard workers and they're known to be very loyal. So sometimes, you know, we'll say, you know, ask an employer a question to do a follow up on a success story. And they'll say, wow, this is the best worker I have on my team. <laughs> so there are some tremendous benefits. Uh, did you want to share a couple more examples, if you, if you have some, uh, of, of uh, actual companies in Ottawa sure. where you've integrated someone with a disability? So I'm going to use the example and sort of blend in the story, you know, about the business case as well. So we have a young gentleman who um, worked, um, who was hired by the Metro. And uh, this employer was just fabulous. And uh, he decided that he would have um, the, the worker come in on Seniors Day. And, and the people who come in to shop on Seniors Day just love him because he bags their groceries, he takes their groceries out, you know, to, to, the, to, the, um, to the vehicle and has some great conversations with them, right? So the employer said, wow, I really like this. And I like the fact that, you know, PPRC continued to support me after the person was on the job. So, and at the same time, what happened is, is that if this individual was sort of sitting there and maybe not sort of paying attention, then internally there was this support that the cashier could just prompt the person to say, oh, okay, you know, Mrs. Smith needs this or Mrs. Smith needs that. And, you know, so there was that internal support that was just built in naturally. And this particular worker was just thrilled to be there each day, you know, and, 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 and of course, remember, that you know that particular worker, his family and friends will all go shop there. Yeah, because I, we have an inclusive employer who's being very supportive. Yeah, I, I was asking about the internal impact, and I love what you just said. Say, not only is it an internal impact, there's an external impact with clients who are saying, "Look at this employer being inclusive, and look at this wonderful experience and service that I'm getting." You know, it tightens the relationship between clients and that and that business, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it helps to build the brand, a real positive brand of inclusion. And that's really important. And I sometimes, you know, people don't understand what that that big market share is. But if you look at some larger corporations, you're seeing like Microsoft are catering to people with disabilities, improving the accessibility, you know, to their tools and also, you know, making sure that they're hiring people with disabilities, right, that they're including them in the workplace. 
I, I like that you 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 raised Microsoft there, by the way, Linda, because we've talked a lot about uh, people in in service industries, but I think it's important to note, for example, you know, just generally speaking, white collar jobs. There's lots of opportunities with uh, people with disabilities. I would imagine. Yes, we had an experience with a person who had uh, had not been able, she had a very complex, uh, the worker had a very complex disability type and was a professional individual and was never able to keep the job within the organization that she had worked with, the organization she had worked with in the past. And in this particular situation, there was an opportunity, the person applied and identified, self-identified as being a person with a disability, of course. And then the employer approached us to say, you know, I understand that you can help us. So we went in to help. We helped them with the uh, interview process. We helped them with the technology that was required. So the because the individual was a recipient of our services, we were able to go above and beyond. We were able to have uh, specialized accommodation in the workplace that uh, was more personal in nature for using washroom facilities, that sort of thing. We provided a note taker at, at the initial onboarding process. And the employer really was responsible to ensure that they had the proper accommodations at the workstation. So we ensured that there was an occupational therapy assessment done in advance. And this person actually is still there today. And it just goes to show you that if you put the right supports in place, people will be loyal, they'll stay, and they'll retain their jobs. And yeah, I believe yeah, that yeah. this was a great success case. And I just wanted to also mention that we also worked with another community partner on this project who helped us as well along the way. So my, my takeaway on that is, you know, even some uh, simple accommodations uh, might be pose a massive barrier for someone with disability, but as an employer, it, it might not take much for us to overcome uh, to make sure those accommodations are made, and then look, you've got a great employee, right? That's a great right. productive employee. So, Linda, we're going to move to part four, which is uh, tips on integrating people with disabilities. So, there might be people watching today, and they're they're tapping into all this experience and knowledge that you have, and they're thinking, okay, I I think we should try this as an organization. The example you just provided, by the way, it is shows us that they they might need employers might need some help uh and some tips on integrating those people to ensure the process uh goes smoothly and the and the uh, and that we maximize the chance of the employee being successful so tell us some tips that you might share about integrating people with disabilities uh once that decision to recruit is made I think the first, the most important thing is, you know, treat others how you want to be treated with respect and dignity. That's the first thing, right? Listen and inquire if there are accommodation needs and, you know, work together and collaborate with that individual. And, uh, you know, we've learned that over time that, uh, you know, collaboration with the person with a disability is key to the success and making sure that we, you know, identify the needs to the employer and, you know, we can source out what that person needs. In most cases, there's very few costs related to accommodation in the workplace, but you will come across those more complex cases. And, you know, sometimes where you have a professional individual with a higher level of education that might have a more complex need, then, you know, that's when I think you really need to work with a service provider. And I think, you know, the beginning process would take a look at your workplace and look at the barriers. Are there some physical barriers that might exist there? If you're using virtual platforms, you know, let's look at the most accessible platform for that individual to use. You know, consider all of that. Are you having meeting, you know, your meeting location? You know, is it accessible? You know, we don't want people to arrive 
back to work and not have access to the workplace, right? So, but you can, you know, do some self-examination. I'll say to people, you know, remove those planters from those elevators. They look beautiful, but really at the end of the day, they could be an obstacle for a wheelchair user coming in to access the elevator, you know, uh, when they're leaving the building. They can also be an obstacle for someone who uh, has vision loss and navigating, you know, with a cane or, you know, who uses a guide dog. So, you know, uh, make sure to, to remove any clutter, right, in your workplace as well. So that's really important. And, uh, you know, we can help you with some of those tips. We have lots of resources. And, you know, so reaching out to a service provider, I think, is really key so that we can walk you through the steps. And, and that helps to remove the fear. And as employers say, wow, this has really been beneficial, right? You know, look at the example of the TD place. They were wonderful, wonderful people. And I must commend them as a champion employer, you know, OSEG. Um, you know, they recruited individuals prior to COVID. And, you know, those hires were put on hold and now those people are, are now working. So that to me is a commitment and, and a commitment to be willing to listen to, you know, working with us as a provider and making that a great success for those individuals. So, you know, I'm very proud to work with those great employers out there. And for those of you, you know, don't worry if you've made mistakes, everybody has, but you know, there's always those great opportunities to learn to make things better, right? Yeah, it's some great points there. And I'm, again, I'm taking away that um, there might be some physical adjustments to your workplace. And and then there's a, like any employee, there's a open, open dialogue between, you know, the new recruit and the, and the, um, and the business to make sure that everything's being done again to, um, to maximize their chance of success. We get some good questions, Linda. So I'd like to bring some of our uh, viewers in. Uh, I'm going to show this one on screen for a second. So here it comes. So uh, wondering about any, so what I'm reading between the lines here, but I have the same question on my mind too. So, you know, we've gone to uh, hybrid workplaces. Um, many people are working from home. And I'm wondering, Linda, if that maximizes the opportunity to bring people in with disabilities, because obviously in their homes, they're, they're completely set up and they're comfortable. So if it was a white collar job, could be with Ottawa Business Journal doing some reporting or editing or anything like that. So does the work from home um, trend, I guess, allow potentially for more people with disabilities uh, to be uh, integrated into workplaces, Linda? Well, what I'm hearing from people with disabilities and job seekers with disabilities that they'd love the opportunity to work from home. And I can tell you that more times than none, you know, navigating, you know, uh, winter weather and, you know, big snow banks and those sorts of things are not easy. So, you know, going back to Francis's example, coming, you know, having to go in, he goes in and, you know, he might be the person who shows up uh, and people who don't have, you know, or not wheelchair users are not coming in, but he'll have somebody help push him through <laughs> the process and through those snow banks, right? And, you know, listening to our own people, you know, PPRC has 41% of its team uh, who self-identifies having disabilities and people are saying, I don't, I'm not going to miss that. I'm not going to miss that travel in those bad weather conditions. I can be so much more effective and so much more productive at home. You know, uh, we're making sure that people are accommodated. We, we need to ensure that our workers have the supports that they need, you know, that there's still that sense of belonging and they don't have that feeling of isolation. So keeping that connectedness. And, you know, I was just reading an article the other day saying, you know, we have to have good workplace cultures in order to get through this ne next variant. It's going to be the test of time. So people really do prefer, you know, if they want to work from home, be respectful of that. 
it, it works. Uh, you know, it works for my team. It, it, yeah. It's wonderful. I mean, we started this process, you know, to cut down on some travel time to, you know, before COVID. And we're finding that, um, yeah, you know, it, it's helping. It's it's helping people be yeah. more productive at the end of the day. I, I can completely see that. I mean, just as you were speaking there, I was thinking about the public transit challenges we've had in the city and, you know, um, people with disabilities that must be compounded. So I got to bring this comment on screen again. I'm, I'm just reading between the line here as people are, are, are clicking in on their keyboards. But, but what I take from that one, Linda is, um, I mean, it was specifically about masks and I think it was about mm -hmm. hearing. So I think what I was understanding is that some people, uh, with a disability around hearing, uh, might be lip reading and if people are wearing masks then you know, you, you can't really read lips, but let's just talk about the pandemic generally. So because we're wearing masks, because we're phys physically distancing ourselves, should are, are there any things that employers should be thinking about from that perspective? We talked from work, I think we covered work from home, but maybe again, masks or physical distancing or anything else that's happening because of the pandemic. Well, we're seeing, I mean, the Canadian Hearing Services has, you know, made a great effort to introduce some uh, some clear masks so that you can actually see the portion of the person's lips, which, you know, I think is really ideal. And, you know, people need to think about that if they have someone with uh, a hearing loss or, you know, who are perhaps uh, identifying as being deaf in the workplace. Those are really important things. And, I, you know, I've, I've seen um, situations where, you know, we have someone who relies strictly, uh, who is deaf, relies strictly on lip reading and uh, relies also on the closed captioning when they're on a virtual platform so that they're also looking at your lips and watching your lips, but they're also reading what's on the bottom of the screen. So that facilitates. So then you also have to offer that as well and consider those things when you're doing learning events. If someone wants to learn, then they also have to have access to those tools. So, and they're simple. They're available on most platforms, right? So, you know, those are simple cost-effective tools to use. Yeah. In fact, on that point, we should uh, we should note that this video is going to be available and replay really soon, and we're going to make sure it's a closed caption to support uh, people with uh, those disabilities. I can't believe this, Linda. Can you believe it? It were a, a half hour has flown by. It's hard for me to believe. So, just again, we've we've gathered some great people here, uh, Linda. Any closing thoughts? So, the, I'm sure there's some employers out there thinking, okay, Linda's really helped me progress my thinking on integrating people with disabilities. What what final thoughts might you have for them? I think really it's just really, you know, learning, create, learning is important and just, you know, becoming aware and learning some strategies. I think that that's the critical thing. I believe it begins with awareness, a commitment from leadership, including people with disabilities in leadership as well, giving them a voice so no one is left behind. They are your experts. And, you know, that's in my team at 41% of our population that works with us, they are the experts. And so, you know, I rely very heavily upon them. So, uh, you know, I think that's really important. And I think it's important that we work together. We mm -hmm. work together so that, you know, hiring people with disabilities come, becomes business as usual, right? Yeah. That's and I a, think that, that, that's what we need to see. Yeah, that's, I love that vision. It's almost the perfect one to end on. You know, what I've learned partially in this show too, Linda, is that this is something that can be achieved by employers, but you, like everything else, like legal, like accounting, you better get some professional advice. So we're going to bring up your contact information uh, because of course we think PPRC is a great, uh, a great has a great amount of expertise and experience in this. So uh, Linda, if I'm seeing correctly here, people can email you or phone you at that number. 
Right. And they can visit our website at, at pprc.ca. Okay. Well, that's great. Linda, thanks so much for, uh, for all your time today. Uh, we really appreciate, once again, the expertise and, and all of the experience, almost 30 years, Linda, of great work you're doing in our community. Thanks for joining us. I hope to see you real, real soon, Linda. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. So if you've, you've tuned in today and there's people you want to share this video with, by the way, this will become a uh, YouTube on-demand video. Uh, we'll also be posting it to our audio channel, so it's available uh, in an audio format uh, through major podcast channels. I uh, do really want to thank Linda for spending some time with us. It's great that uh, we're on the eve of the UN's uh, special day for people with disabilities. I think it's a subject that should be top of mind for all employers. And as Linda indicated uh, so well, this is uh, there is a business reason to do this. There's a societal reason for sure, but there's a business case. I love that uh, Linda emphasized that. So uh, on behalf of all my colleagues uh, at the Ottawa Business Journal and, of course, PPRC, thanks for tuning in today. Hope to see you real soon. Bye-bye.